Section 15 of Lost Diaries. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Eva Davis. Lost Diaries by Maurice Baring. From the Diary of Mark Antony. Alexandria. Undated. The reception went off very well. The queen came to meet me by water in her state barge. She is different from what I remember her long ago, when I caught a glimpse of her in Rome. Then she was a rather colorless young girl, who had the reputation of being very well read, and rather affected. But now, when you look at her face and you look away, you see green from the flash, as though you had been staring at the sun. She dazzles and blinds you. I received her in the marketplace. Her curtsy was a miracle of grace. She was very civil and dignified. After I had received her in the marketplace, I went to her palace. Such is the etiquette. I invited her to supper, but she insisted on my being her guest. I accepted. Supper in her palace. Semi-state, as the court is in mourning for Archelaus, the king of Cappadocia's eldest son, the queen's first cousin. The ladies-in-waiting wore gold ornaments, only. One of them, Charmian, pretty. The queen, dropping all formality, was very lively and excellent company. The supper was good, the boars well-roasted, and not so stiff as those kind of entertainments are as a rule. After supper, we had music and some dancing. Egyptian Bacchanals, who did a modern thing called Ariadne and Naxos. Very noisy and not much tune in it, but the dancing good, though hardly up to the Scythian standard. Mardian, who has a fine contralto voice, he has been admirably trained, sang a piece from a ballet on the Siege of Troy, arranged by Aeschylus. Very good. I like these old-fashioned things much better. They say it's conventional and out of date, but I don't care. The queen told me in confidence that she quite agreed with me, but that even classical music bored her. So, after we had listened to one or two odes, she asked Mardian to sing something light, some songs in dialect, which he did. Very funny, especially the one which begins, As I was going to Brindisi, Upon a summer's day. We made him sing that one twice. The Greeks know how to be witty without even being in the least vulgar. Alexandria, three weeks later. Time has passed very quickly. Everybody is being so kind, and the Queen has taken immense pains to make everything a success. Most amusing improvised banquet in fancy dress last night. The queen, disguised as a fishwife. She made me dress up, too. I put on a Persian private soldier's uniform. After supper, we went into the town in our disguises. Nobody recognized us, and we had the greatest fun. I threw pieces of orange peel on the pavement. It was too comic to see the old men trip up over them. Then we went into a tavern on the first floor and ate oysters. The queen heated some coppers at the fire, 
and after putting them on a plate with a pair of pincers, threw them out of the window. It was quite extraordinarily funny to see the beggars pick them up and then drop them with a howl. I don't think I ever laughed so much. The queen has a royal sense of humor. And I who thought beforehand she was a blue stocking, it shows how mistaken one can be. Alexandria Time seems to fly. No news from Rome. Wish the queen would not be quite so ostentatiously lavish on my account. Eight wild boars for breakfast is too much, and the other night at supper she wasted an immense pearl in drinking my health in vinegar. This kind of thing makes people talk. She is wonderfully witty. She can mimic exactly the noises of a farmyard. Nothing seems to tire her, either. She will sit up all night and be ready early the next morning to go out fishing, sailing, or anything else. She must have a constitution of steel. Wonderful woman. Alexandria, later. News from Rome. Fulvia is dead. Must go at once. Rome, a month later. Engaged to be married to Octavia, Caesar's sister. A widow. Purely a political alliance. Cleopatra is sure to understand the necessity of this. It is a great comfort to think that she is reasonable and has a real grip of the political situation. Athens, a month later. Political situation grows more and more complicated. Octavia is very dutiful and most anxious to please. Do not think the climate here agreeable. The wind is very sharp and the nights are bitterly cold. Never did care for Athens. Think that if I went to Egypt for a few days, I could a. benefit by change of air, b. arrange matters with the eastern kings. Caesar and Lepidus are trying to do me in the eye. Athens, a day later. Octavia has very kindly offered to go to Rome, so as to act as a go-between between myself and Caesar. She says she is quite certain it is all only a misunderstanding, and that she can arrange matters. Thought it best not to mention possibility of Egyptian trip, as I may not go, after all. Alexandria Back here once more, after all. Doctors all said change of air was essential, and that the climate of Athens was the very worst possible for me, just at this time. They said I should certainly have a nervous breakdown if I stayed on much longer. Besides which, it was absolutely necessary for me to be on the spot to settle the Eastern question. It is now fortunately settled. Cleopatra delighted to see me, but most reasonable, quite understood everything. She did not say a word about Octavia. Reception in Alexandria, magnificent. Ovation, terrific. Shows how right I was to come back. Subtle to proclaim Cleopatra Queen of Egypt, Lower Syria, Cyprus, and Lydia. Everybody agrees that this is only fair. Alexandria Public proclamation in the marketplace. Subtled to keep Media, Parthia, and Armenia in the family, 
so divided them among the children. Ceremony went off splendidly. Cleopatra appeared as the goddess Isis. This was much appreciated, as it showed the people she really is national. The cheering was terrific. Staying with us at present are the King of Libya, the King of Cappadocia, the King of Paphlagonia, the King of Thrace, the King of Arabia, the King of Pont, the King of Jewry, the King of Comagena, the King of Mede, and the King of Lycaonia. Question of precedence a little awkward. Herod, the King of Jewry, claimed precedence over all the other kings on the grounds of antiquity and lineage. The king of Mede contested the claim, and the king of Arabia said that he was the oldest in years. There is no doubt about this, as he is ninety-nine. It was obvious the first place belonged to him. Question very neatly settled by Cleopatra, that they should rank according to the number of years they have reigned. She said this was the immemorial Egyptian custom, established by the pharaohs, and written out very carefully on a step of the Great Pyramid. Everybody's satisfied. King of Arabia takes precedence, but not on account of his age. Herod's still a little touchy, but had to give in. Played billiards with Cleopatra. Gave her twenty. One with difficulty. Caesar is certain to make war on us. Have written to Octavia explaining everything fully. In camp, near Actium. Nothing doing. One wonders whether Caesar means to fight after all. The mosquitoes are very annoying. Impossible to get any milk. In camp, near Actium, later. Cleopatra has arrived. She is used to camp life and does not mind roughing it. Everybody advises me to fight on land and not by sea. But Cleopatra and myself think we ought to fight by sea. Caesar has taken Torini. We have sixty sail. The thing is obvious. But soldiers are always prejudiced. Enobarbus worrying me to death to fight on land. Cleopatra won't hear of it, and I am quite certain she is right. A woman's instinct in matters of strategy and tactics are infallible, and then, what a woman. Alexandria, later. Very glad to be home again. Cleopatra was perfectly right to retreat. Played billiards, gave Cleopatra twenty-five. She beat me. She will soon be able to give me something. She is a surprising woman. Last night, the Greek envoy dined. Too clever for me. But Cleopatra floored him over Anaxagoras. Wonderful woman. She sang, or rather hummed in the evening, a little Greek song, the burden of which is I cannot get the tune out of my head. End of section 15